today. The DOJ refuses to release a key document from the Mar-a-Lago raid. Mayor Bowser dismisses concerns over her discriminatory vaccine policies. And somehow the Catholic rosary is now an extremist symbol. Surprise. Uh, we've got all of that and more coming up. And it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and I am joined today by Blaze TV contributors, both Yaku Buyans, host of The Bottom Line, and John Doyle, host of Heck Off Commie, or so I'm told, but I'm not sure the last time he actually put out content. I, uh, what? You know, I don't even want to make my little quit. Every time, you know, it's like clockwork. She takes a shot at me, I have to like somehow respond, and then we get into the news. Let's just get into the news. Can I just say... The only reason that happens is because the first time John Doyle was on this program, you should look it up. <laughs> he immediately insulted me as the host, and I was like, I'm never letting you live Wait a minute, down, that's child. a running thing at the moment of people coming on this show insulting Sarah. I'm going to take precedent against this. You should. I appreciate that. You like should. Alex Stein. Oh, no. Oh, no. Get I, your act together, buddy. I'm not mad at you, but he is. Sarah's show. Okay, so, um, all right. So, let's... All right, we'll get into the news now, John. Okay, <laughs> I won't torture you anymore. Um, I know there are those people out there who are like, hurry up and get to the news. Stop bantering. We can't help it. We're friends, okay? Uh, the Department of Justice is moving to unseal more documents related to the raid that happened last week on uh, President Donald Trump's home in Florida, but they are not going to unseal, they say, the underlying FBI affidavit, which is what President Trump keeps asking them uh, to unseal and release. They said that uh, unsealing the affidavit could also cause damage to U.S. national security. Uh, the quote is, disclosure at this juncture of the affidavit supporting probable cause would, by contrast, cause significant and irreparable damage to this ongoing criminal investigation. If disclosed, the affidavit would serve as a roadmap to the government's ongoing investigation, providing specific details about its direction and likely course in a manner that is highly likely to compromise future investigative steps. Um, so, Here's the thing with all of this, and, and I and I want to I want to also show you Tom Fitton, who is the uh, the president over at Judicial Watch, who's just doing great work. They are some of the ones who pushed to get these documents even released, the documents that have been released, to push them to get released. And he has been really pushing back on all of this uh, false narrative about how declassification works and the fact that if the president was the president at the time, he can declassify whatever the hell he wants. Uh, it's been done many, many times and will continue to be done. And it seemed a whole lot like... Um, a setup. So Tom Fitton uh, tweeted that the court has set an in-person hearing on Judicial Watch and media requests for the release of the affidavit underlying the abusive Biden raid on Trump's home. It is set for Thursday, August 18th at one o'clock p.m. So we will, of course, keep you posted on that. Um, you know, here's the thing with this, guys. Um, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday with uh, Chad Prather and Zuby, but it seems an awful lot like a very convenient excuse when you get to, to claim that someone has taken all of this top secret information and you can't tell anyone what the mm -hmm. top secret information is because it's top secret. So you can't say anything about it. So nobody gets to, to access any of the records. Nobody gets oversight. Nobody gets to understand if this is just uh, completely, you know, the, a, a political ploy before the midterms and to try to prevent Donald Trump from running again in 2024. It just seems a little convenient that now this is, uh, you know, unprecedented that they're doing this 
and they can't tell you anything, but just trust them because they're the FBI. They couldn't possibly be compromised. They're the FBI, of Does course. Does this not feel I'd like the ladies at the tennis club? Have you heard about Sarah? Oh, it's so bad. What'd she do? It's just bad. Just know it's, it's horrific. I can't, I can't tell it's, you. I can't tell trust you. Trust me, though. Because if I tell you, a lot of people will get hurt. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people will get hurt. Meanwhile, the one that would get hurt is the liar, the FBI, the one that's lying. No, they, in, in a way, they're you know, telling you exactly if they truly showed America why they raided his house, the country would be in an uproar. They would go, wait, what? That's, that's your justification? Of course they're not going to show that. And I think they will fight like crazy to, um, to keep that concealed. Uh, we need to fight like crazy to see it. Bear it all. Yeah. Look, if, and, and, and I think we said it before, if he is this crazy national threat, mm-hmm. right? Show us. We should all, we should all then, you know, stand in with you, but it's not I would the be case. The, and by the way, I would be the first one to, to call him out on but that if that were the case. No. Right. But show us any sort of evidence mm-hmm. to prove this. Uh, you know, meanwhile, you have President Trump. Let's think about through the years what he has accused the FBI or the deep state or whoever of doing, and everyone says, he's he's lying, he's just making that up, he's a conspiracy theorist, he's a yeah. liar. And then all of a sudden later, he was proven to be right, they were spying on him, uh, Russia was a hoax, all of these other things, I mean, you can go down and down the list. He says it, and it ends up being true. He ends up being vindicated and proven right. Usually, it's years later where nobody cares anymore, and everyone has already gotten the narrative, and so nobody thinks to check back and go, oh, actually, we were wrong about this one, uh, including this, this whole detail about the passports. Donald Trump said they took my passports. That was not on the list of things to take. They still took them. Uh, Nora O'Donnell said, tweeted out, she's from CBS News, according to a DOJ official, the FBI is not in possession of former President Trump's passports. Trump had accused the FBI of stealing his three passports during the search. And then, of course, later there was a screenshot of an email that was uh, sent by the Justice Department uh, explaining that they did have the passports and were arranging for uh, someone from President Trump's team to pick them up. So, John, it just feels a lot like why would Trump be saying, release the affidavit, unseal it, release it. The American people need to see this because this is absurd. And this is I mean, this is an overreach to the highest extent why would he be saying that if he didn't know that it was in fact true and they could just unseal it and prove him wrong if it wasn't? And that's exactly it. I mean, even in his White House, there were so many leaks from people because mm-hmm. the nature of politics is very decentralized. You know, everyone is always going to have a little piece of information that if they want, they can leak. And so if he came out and were doing the opposite, somebody could then leak that. They could prove that it were correct. But he's saying, no, show us the evidence. And of course, they can't produce it. Whereas in cases of legitimate political corruption, uh, they either completely ignore it because they don't want to basically bait people who might have the information to come out and leak it or they'll you know make a joke like oh wipe my server like what with a cloth haha <laughs> I'm so right. funny things like that they don't actually dare them to basically release the information like Trump is doing and it's because they want it swept under the rug and Trump wants to be exonerated and this dates back to I mean you know we had the he cheated on his taxes the Russia thing mm-hmm. the Ukraine thing which was pretty funny because mm-hmm. they were mad at Russia and mm-hmm. then mad at Ukraine and then now that those two countries actually don't get along uh, they are very pro-Ukraine now and so the only like consistent principle is just that just that they are anti-Trump. We tend to like look at all these things and oh you guys are hypocrites. No, the consistent principle is just they're anti-Trump by whatever means necessary. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'm I'm really asking myself lately, are they really anti-Trump or are they anti-America and they're attacking the <coughs> American's hmm. champion? 
That's a great point because they're what was going it? after because whoever I, I'm almost sorry, Sarah, to interrupt no, 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 you, but ahead. I'm feeling like if there just if there was another champion, yeah, right, not God, Trump's not God, okay, but he is a champion that they would attack that champion. So I, I just see if it was DeSantis to step in. Get ready for more of the same, that, is what I'm thinking. I don't actually, think this goes away when Trump goes away. They I, hate yeah. America. That's a great point. I, I would say that it's it started with Trump. Sure, yes. But it has probably spiraled. And mm. I mean, uh, Trump, I, t- tell me if I don't have the quote exactly right, but he said something to the effect one time of, uh, it's not me they're after, they're after you, and I'm just standing in the way. That is pretty yeah. accurate to it the quote. It does seem very accurate, mm. especially to Yaku's point. Um, there has been a lot of talk about Ron DeSantis, you know, you see the headlines like, Ron DeSantis isn't Trump, he's worse. It's like, wow, we're really doing this again? We're really doing it. So for that, I want, uh, that's what I really want America, let's not get lost. Look, this is egregious, it's horrific, it's terrible, it's unacceptable to attack a president this way. I'd even say if they were to do this to Barack Obama at the time, I would go, this is gross overreach. You don't do this. But I think we need to be able to see the forest from the trees here. This is not just a Donald Trump. This is not just orange man bad. This is anybody who loves this nation, who wants to uphold the Second Amendment, the Constitution, who wants freedom of religion, who wants to serve Christ in this country, they're coming for you. And this guy is just the poster child. I'm, I'm almost certainly convinced of this. If you look at Davos, if you look at World Economic Forum, if you look at what's happening with Macron in France and all these other guys, Lapid in Israel, they're all singing the same song. There's something very, very bad happening against Americans, and it's happening while we're watching them. And we need to realize this is not just Donald Trump. They're coming for your family. John? Yeah, everybody I think has noticed, even if they can't articulate it precisely, that since the end of World War II, after you know the 1950s, once we got into the 60s, the country started to decline and it started to change in a really negative way. And even Ronald Reagan, I mean, Make America Great Again was more or less stolen from Ronald Reagan's uh, campaign in the 1980s. And it's like, well, why even 40 years ago did we want to make America mm-hmm. great again? Now, fast forward, we're obviously so much uh, worse off now than we were then. And still, we want to make America great again. And so, Yak was entirely correct that when they see Donald Trump, you notice that they hate him as much as they hate his supporters. You know, the, the rhetoric that they, they uh, you know, launch at Trump is going to be the same as the supporters in line to watch him speak because what they see in Trump is his supporters. It is just normal white American Christians who they hate, who they have contempt for because it's those people who have the deepest roots in this country and therefore the greatest incentive to preserve it against what they want to do to it, which is completely transformative. Which is, I think it, that what you guys just said, I think kind of takes us full circle, which is the FBI, of course, is at the helm of trying to target uh, all of the qualifiers that you just pointed out, Yaku. If you are a you know conservative Christian, if you're a conservative Christian white man, God help you, because the FBI and the NSA definitely t- are tapping your phones trying to find something on you. Um, I want to bring into the the uh, conversation this particular story just to to tie in here. One of the journalists covering the Whitmer kidnapping trial tweeted yesterday, uh, according to an FBI informant, the Michigan State Police allowed armed protesters into the Capitol in Lansing on April 30th, 2020, at the specific request of the FBI, which wanted to, they say, quote, de-escalate the situation. Uh, So he said he used his live wire to tell his handlers that the watchmen were discussing their desire to take violent action and storm the building. And um, it was his warning that convinced the FBI to ask the MSP to open the doors. Huh. I wonder if there is another place that that might have happened that was another capital except the capital of the country on January 6th. 
I don't know, maybe the FBI is capable of that after all. Hey, listen, man. I'll tell you, if you can stop people from entering a building where children are being slaughtered, then you can do a lot of different things. And uh, we have someone on this network that said very early on after January 6th, hey, sure looked to me like they let people in. Mm-hmm. And that I mean, was- there's video of it. There's video of it. <laughs> two days after the event, yeah. not a year and a half later, yeah. Yeah. two days after. January 8th, it's like, wait a minute, sure looks like these guys are letting these people in. Yeah, and still, nonviolent, people who are literally the only charge against them is parading, right? Parading in a restricted building, and still some of them are being held uh, without due process, without, you know, access to lawyers in horrible conditions because they did this. Um, and as Yaku pointed out, doors open, let them in. Also, who is Ray Epps and why isn't he uh, any of these people who have been imprisoned and all of these other questions that we have um, about all of the Fed boys that ended up showing up to all of these other uh, protests that happened after. Which even my girlfriend AOC will admit was the case. Which she's cheating on Alex? Not you too, dude. What? What no, she's not cheating doing? on Alex. She's a beautiful young woman who produces children. We're socialists. We share the means of production. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be this sort of, you know, Western monogamous culture. But even, you know, she will we admit that this was the case. <laughs> even she will admit that this is the case, and it's because it's a great photo op, you know. Like that photograph of people just standing there, mm-hmm. you know, not to disparage our base, but like if you've been to these types of things, uh, typically they like to kind of dress up and pretend they're founding fathers and, oh, we're going to overthrow the government. They just want to stand there. It is what it is. But that's what they were doing. And they wanted mm-hmm. to take that photo and show it to like upper middle class, like white women and have mm-hmm. them be like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And the same thing that they did with January 6th. You know, our democracy was an insurrection. It was violent. We had a man whose head was caved in with a, with a fire extinguisher. They run that once, the headline, the photos, and then it gets ingrained into the mind. And then they move on, issue the retraction, like you said, much afterwards. And then it gets like none of the engagement that the original story right. did. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I do, I know we have to go to break, but I do also want to point out for that particular story that happened in Michigan. I don't know if you guys recall or if you put two and two together. I did say that the the date was April 30th, 2020. So I'm just saying when the government shuts you down and doesn't allow you to run your business and feed your family, there may be some sort of resentment that comes from that. And who else to address but the people who did it to you, not calling for violence, but just saying maybe they kind of had the protests at least coming. Uh, All right, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Moink. So I don't know if you guys realize this, 60% of United States pork production actually comes from a company that's owned by the Chinese, and they give their hogs, they like shoot them up with this thing called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries. Funnily enough, including China, but you're going to find it in your grocery aisle every single day here in America. Thanks, FDA. There is a better way. You got to hear about Moink. Moink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken. They've got wild-caught Alaskan salmon. They deliver it directly to your door, and you can choose which meats you get. Uh, they've got ribeyes, chicken breast, pork chops. My mouth is watering just talking about it because we have Moink. We order Moink at our house, and my entire family loves Moink box. My son is obsessed with their bacon. We love their fillets. We love everything that they have. You got to keep American Family Farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com news. You will get Free filet mignon in every order for a year. Guys, meat prices are skyrocketing at the grocery store. Do this and you will thank me later when you get that free filet mignon in every box. That is moinkbox.com news, M-O-I-N-K box.com news.
In other news, Rudy Giuliani has been informed that he is considered a, quote, target, end quote, of the Georgia criminal investigation probing the effort to overturn the results of the 2020 election over there in that state. Uh, an attorney for Giuliani, which is always like, I get why they do it, but it's always funny when the attorney has an attorney um, and you wonder <laughs> how far removed that goes. But uh, mm -hmm. an attorney for Giuliani, who is an attorney, received a call, uh, what, yesterday informing them that he is the target. And this is two days before Giuliani is going to testify before the Fulton County Special Grand Jury, who is probing the case. Uh, 16 so-called alternate electors in the state were informed that they are also considered targets of the probe. And um, the House committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol has said that a plan set up by the Trump campaign in multiple swing states sought to assemble groups of individuals in key battleground states and got them to call themselves electors, created phony certification certificates associated with these fake electors, and then transmitted these certificates to Washington and to the Congress to be counted during the joint session of Congress on January 6th. Uh, and the, the grand jury, this is a special grand jury, uh, they cannot return an indictment. They can only make recommendations concerning criminal prosecution. Um, but it's just, you know, I guess if I were the Democrats, I probably would want to stay stuck in 2020 as well. Because if you stay stuck in this, I mean, look, everyone at this table knows this 81 million votes Joe Biden obviously got in the safest and most secure election of all time, most popular president ever. And who wouldn't love Joe Biden? If you look at him for 10 seconds, you know he's vibrant and vivacious and living and stuff, right? But I would want to stay stuck in 2020 as well. And, you know, uh, the, the, the idea that Republicans tried to uh, you know, overturn results and and the idea that they are claiming that it was stolen because then I guess you wouldn't have to talk about the inflation and the gas prices and all of the and schools trying to indoctrinate your children sexually and uh, all of the other crazy things that are going on on the left that uh, I guess they wouldn't want to talk about when they're trying to win the midterms in November. So instead, we stay stuck in this constant loop of things that, that they say happened in 2020, which, in my opinion, I'd like to hear yours, gentlemen, but in my opinion is just a constant projection from them on that. Yeah, all the things that you just outlined aren't like defects of the machine, they are features of it. Mm. They refuse to pivot on any one of those issues. Like if you mm -hmm. really push a leftist, for example, even a, our lovely new uh, Supreme Court justice, who was pushed on the issue of like how to define biologically like a, a female or a male and she refused to answer because she couldn't be like oh you know well I disagree with my party's position on that these are all features and you have to pledge allegiance to virtually every component of it and it's not so much that you pledge allegiance as an adult you also have to indoctrinate the children and of course the iron law of indoctrination is the sooner you start the less it has to make sense and so mm -hmm. you know I had a phone call recently with a relative of mine and a young girl and she's like completely brainwashed and it's it's not even enough to have like a good familial influence like it doesn't matter you know when they're on their phones uh, they're they're being brainwashed into accepting all of these narratives and I think that parents think it's enough like well at least they're not out you know smoking or at least they're safe under my roof and it's like they're on the internet that's the equivalent of not being under your roof in terms yeah. of what they're being exposed to that's a great point yeah absolutely I, what I want Americans to know that proactively right now what's happening across the country is they're headhunting they the left, they the Biden, Biden admin, and the puppeteers that pull his strings. Barack Obama, Rice, etc. They are headhunting 
all the brilliant legal minds in our country that's conservative, all of them. We've got some here out of Texas that now has to travel mm. to that same special commission because Texas doesn't have the special commission in Georgia where they're calling Rudy Giuliani to, and you're going to see, and this is, these are lawyers that a lot of Americans haven't even heard of. So it's not just Rudy Giuliani and some of the obvious figures that you've known. I'm talking about lawyers you've never heard of that somehow touched this subject matter at arm's length or, or you know, yeah. intentionally, and they're calling all of them. All of them are, you know, are, are being subpoenaed uh, because they know there's a legal storm coming in their future too. Mm -hmm. They have overstepped constitutional boundaries again with the FBI now. They know that they are crossing the legal means outside of the purview of our constitution every single day. And at some point, just like anything, the pendulum will swing. There is hope for this country. It will turn. It will turn in November and it will turn in the White House again. And they know, John, when it does, oh, hellfire is going to rain. They know. And so they are trying to, they're trying to clean, clean the bench. They're trying to clear the slate. I'm telling you, they're proactively going after lawyers that you've never heard of. But just know, we need these lawyers. We need them in our country. I know one of them personally. So, so do I. I know I can se to that. several of them. And it's not good. Well, doesn't it make you sick, though, when you're, we're talking about all of the things that were uh, asserted in this 2020 election? And we're talking about, you know, I mean, we, we could go through the, the mail-in, you know, ballots, the, the drive-by, the drive you know, mailboxes and all of that. But... Also, the they weren't requiring they didn't they weren't matching up the signatures. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, over in L.A., they were trying to recall the L.A. D.A. George. Ga How do you say his last name? Gascon. Gascon. Uh, and they they failed to qualify for the ballot because love this. Uh, they announced that only five hundred and twenty thousand fifty of the seven hundred and fifteen thousand signatures it collected uh, were valid. Because they had a bunch of invalid signatures. Some were not registered. Some were duplicate. Some were different addresses. Some were mismatched signatures. Some were canceled. Some were out-of-county addresses. And then, of course, some were other. So they made sure to go through those with a fine-tooth comb. Interestingly enough, that didn't happen in the election of 2020 in multiple different places. And we were just told to shut up and deal with it. But here, when it's a leftist in charge and a radical leftist at that, uh, all of a sudden they get very, very particular with these signatures and make sure that uh, they actually match to an address and that the signature actually matches. It's interesting how that conveniently happens when the right person is in charge, according to them. Yeah, and I don't even believe them now. That right. they've actually done that work. Okay, right. just some arbitrary 26,000 shorts. Sorry, guys. Oops, you got right. close. Well, it's, I mean, it's very easy, especially you to know? say, like, you oh, try to recall news it's, a oops, it's, a, it's a mismatched signature. Exactly. Like, like who, who's verifying this? Right. Where's proof and verifying? Which was the Where problem? Where was that? Which was the problem in the election, <laughs> right? When, now when you went, guys are saying you can do that? That's fascinating. But you were not allowed to proof and verify. You had to stand 100, 100 feet away where you couldn't even see the color of the person's eyes, never mind whether the actual signature, whether there was actually a real person. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. Couldn't do it back then. I also seem to recall them saying... was evil back then. Well, voter fraud is just a conspiracy theory. Voter fraud doesn't happen, except that Oh, the last story that I just said, and also Starbucks is now asking the Federal Labor Board to suspend all mail-in ballot union elections nationwide, alleging misconduct in the voting process by the board's personnel and the union organizing the baristas. First of all, I'm just fascinated that the baristas have a union. 
That kind of makes me mad. Now, a friend of mine has a, <laughs> a friend of mine has a coffee store in Seattle. It's actually the best coffee store in Seattle. Small coffee shop, and his workers try to unionize it. But this is ironic. Now Starbucks is being targeted by the unions, yeah. and Starbucks is saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah, yeah. Come on now. Yeah. We're Starbucks. You can't come unionize. We're gonna mail ballots in against you. No, 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 you got to stop this email-in ballot nonsense. I mean, this is this is so laughable. Yeah. You're a bunch of clowns. Well, You're a bunch, this is a circus show. There, John, last word on this. It, look, Starbucks, of course, there could be fraud in elections for unions, but certainly not for the president or any sort of elections nationwide. No, of course not. But, I mean, they're all the same coalition. Uh, you know, this, right. this, this big, grand, global, liberal coalition of people, and they have power in every institution. It's not necessarily concentrated like, you know, the tyranny of days past. But I'll tell you, watching them reap and reap and reap and reap and reap, you know, it's really demoralizing. But when they finally, or I'm sorry, when they're, they're sowing, but when they mm -hmm. finally reap, it's like heroin to just watch. You know, they're unionizing and there's chaos and they're having to shut down stores. And it's just, it's so good. <laughs> Well, it's also frustrating because they're like, oh, voter fraud happens. Really? Hmm. That's interesting because you just spent two years telling us that it didn't and we were crazy for suggesting that it did. Uh, all right. We've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. So, um, look, things are really bad in the cities right now. I don't know if you guys, the last time you went into like a city city, but um, I was in downtown Dallas recently and I was there to go into a government building. So I couldn't carry. Yeah. And it was just the most frightening feeling like I am completely unprotected. Point being, you need to make sure that you are staying sharp with your firearm. First, you need a firearm. Then you need to make sure that you are staying sharp with it. But uh, ammunition and range fees are really, really expensive. So let me tell you a much, much more cost effective way to train. This is a dry fire practice with your actual firearm in the safety and privacy of your own home. It's going to pay for itself in one visit with the amount of money you're going to save at the range. You are literally putting a laser bullet in your firearm. And as you guys who are watching can see, uh, you got a target there and you are tracking uh, your aim, but you're really, really working on that trigger pull, which as you know, if you guys have guns, every single trigger is different. So you got to stay sharp with all of them. You can save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code news. If you go to itargetpro.com, I'm telling you guys, if you own a gun, you need this, okay? It is I, the letter I, targetpro.com, offer code news. Douglas Blair, who is a reporter for The Daily Signal, uh, just asked D.C. Mayor Bowser how she could justify forcing 40% of unvaccinated black students to stay home from school because that's that's still a thing that they're doing over in D.C. She says, look, you have the numbers wrong. Let's watch that exchange. We have reporting that around 40% of black students in the district are unvaccinated, and therefore under the district's current policy regarding schools, will be unable to attend school come uh, the school semester starting. So why is the district con continuing with this policy when it seems to disproportionately impact black students? Um, I don't think that that number is correct. Um, we have a substantially few fewer number of kids that we have to engage with vaccination. Um, and I explained why it's important. Um, it's important for the public health of our students and that we can maintain safe environments. That's well, right. That's why Albert Borla, uh, the CEO of Pfizer, just recently got COVID again and Joe Biden got COVID again. And uh, who else? The guy, the, the Department of Defense. Yeah, I said Jill, sorry. Oh, Joe who, who and Jill. The, uh, the face shield yes. and the mask. Yes. Uh, what is his name? Austin? Yeah. 
And um, yeah, he also got COVID again. All of them, I think, probably quadruple or maybe like five times they've gotten the shots. I don't know. They probably can't keep count anymore. But definitely it's in the public health's best interest. Oh, also, uh, the reporter got those numbers from the D.C. Coronavirus Response website, which shows clearly that the 12 plus age bracket has a vaccination rate of 60 percent, which if you can do any math, you will realize that 40% of black children are unvaccinated because that's how math works. But he must not have, he's not working with the right numbers. It's just, it's just her numbers. It's just her own numbers that he's working with. I, I, I honestly can't believe that we are still doing this. This is like the- in school, in schools specifically, right? In schools. I get it that they want to be crazy everywhere else, and it's still absurd. But in the schools where we already know that children are not at risk for this, not only that, but also it doesn't freaking matter if they get the shot because it doesn't prevent you from contracting the stupid virus. And still, she's uh, forcing 40% of unvaccinated black students to stay home from school. Guys, listen. They are coming for your children. They're indoctrinated. I just flew to Israel. No vaccine, no proof of vaccine, no COVID test. France in two weeks, no COVID test, no vaccine, nothing. The whole world, Everyone's there's nothing. dropping their requirements. No, there's nothing. France, yeah. I'm going to France. There's nothing anywhere, but we're going to let kids stay at home in Washington, D.C. Black kids, mm-hmm. albeit, right? Because it's just, it's for their health. It's for their health. You need to believe us, right? Isn't it funny? It feels like, what, what's, the, what's the, the movie Day After Tomorrow? You know, would you just repeat, it's like Groundhog Day. I feel like we're here. Didn't we read from the CDC's website yeah. information at this table, right? That they had to pivot on and say, well, no, that's not really what we meant. You really should wear the mask. Well, you shouldn't wear the mask. It's a, look, well, now they're saying don't even treat unvaccinated or vaccinated patients differently. differently when they contract the virus or otherwise, and also you don't even have to isolate. Because let me say this, you're not doing the network, and I'm sorry, I hope we're not getting it kicked off, but they're dropping like flies. The triple, quadruple vaccinated are dropping. And so, yes, they're now saying, look, there's there's no disparagement internationally anymore with the most liberal countries. Mm. They're not even frowning upon, they they don't even ask, hey, can you just give us a test before you come into the country? No, but in Washington, D.C., Children can't go to school. It's it's a it's absurd. I mean, it's a sickness at this point, and I don't mean COVID. He meant dropping, by the way, in praise and yes. thanks for yes. developing such an effective and safe, or excuse me, safe and effective trademark uh, <laughs> vaccine. But the argument that you laid out was was perfect, and I was so happy to hear it because that's the correct argument. Like, you want us to get these vaccines? Okay, well, you know, they, and then the numbers and things like that. What that reporter seemed to be echoing was this argument that was going around for a while where, you know, I got a call from uh, my dad. Dad, great guy, but you know he calls me. Dad hey, is a great guy. You see that article on Breitbart? And I'm like, no, Dad. Well, you know, uh, the demographic that's most likely to not take the vaccine is black people. I'm like, yeah. So in a way, it's actually racist against black people for these <laughs> vaccines. I'm like, look, Dad, we have to have an argument that's better than buying into their framework. That anything black people do is like fantastic. If we're gonna like not take this, you know, we can't just play into their framework and think that we're gonna beat them at their own game by having our strongest argument be, well, you know, forcing vaccines is actually racist against black people. The same way our, our strongest argument against affirmative action is that it actually is not very fair to Asian people. And it's like, come on, man. My strongest argument against affirmative action is Corinne Jean-Pierre. 
<laughs> hey, mine is the whole country of South <laughs> and Kamala, Africa. And Kamala Harris. Yeah, right. Oh That's all you need to know for an yeah. argument against affirmative action. No, but I mean, it's just, I, I don't disagree with your point, but I do wonder if, I mean, you know, they have, they have taught the black leftist voters, mm-hmm. they've taught them to expect all of these things and to say anything, if anything uh, inconveniences them, that it must be racist. So you do have to wonder if those people do take it as racist because they've been taught to internalize that anything that they find offensive must in turn be racist. But then I don't know if they would if they would feel that way about like their own kind, which I mean the left. Okay, before anyone accuses me of saying something racist. Yeah, look, John, I hear you, but buddy, at some point here we got to get truth back. We we have to. They are changing language. You can laugh what you want, no, but this country is going to hell literally if we don't get truth back. We we need to bring truth back and say this is the definition of racism when you profile because of race. They're the ones who profile because of race. They can't have an argument without bringing up race. And this is this is generational cleansing and genocide. This is a eugenics program that they just launched. Historically, we have to get back to truth. I hear you. But I, I say fight them with every weapon you've got at this moment. Fight them with their own narrative. Fight them with new weapons. Just fight. Stand up and, and uh, draw a line in the sand. So let, me, so let me then just bring this up really quickly. Uh, you're talking about the, the definition of racism. Do you think perhaps this would include uh, the Minneapolis Teachers Union, who now then their new contract stipulates that white teachers will be laid off or reassigned before, quote, educators of color, end quote, in the event that they do need to reduce staff, would that would that happen to be the uh, the racism that you're that you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and it's ranked through this country. Yeah, that's that's, that's true disgusting. racism. I, I have to clarify. The reason I was laughing is because you said truth, which made it sound like everything I said was just totally wrong, <laughs> and you were trying to be really polite about it. No, if I think you're wrong, I ha- I'll tell you. I think you're wrong. no. What I mean is, I know you're saying we can't take them with their narrative and their anger because they won't listen. But we got to fire every arrow you've got. No, no, I wasn't saying you're not being truthful. Uh, what I would tell you though is I don't think your dad sounds like that. I think he's cooler than I what did, you I did. I felt bad when you, yeah. that was a pretty mean impression you, yeah, you did your dad. Way cool. I was like, if I've he's watching, he's way cooler if than he's that, watching, though, he is. He's way cooler Sir, than that. Sir, I will correct your son on national television <laughs> any day of the week. That was not fair. <laughs> All right. But it's, he's your dad, so you got to give him a little bit of a hard time. That's just kind of the rules, so I got it. Um, all right. We've got to take another break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So, uh, look, Patriot Mobile is a company that you need to partner with, especially with all of this talk about parallel economies. Uh, Patriot Mobile is the only Christian conservative wireless provider in America, and they have been on the front lines fighting for all of our values. They are literally putting their money where their mouth is, and they are taking a portion of the bill money that they're getting from all of, you know, we work very hard for our money. We pay our phone bills. And what you don't realize is that Patriot Mobile is taking some of that money and they're donating it to all of these causes that you are working for. The other mobile companies, big mobile companies, are actually taking a portion of your money that you're working very hard for and donating it to places like Planned Parenthood and places who want to take your guns. We have to stick together in times like these, which is why I'm urging you to go to patriotmobile.com slash news. Go check out their plans. They've got amazing plans, very, very reasonable prices, and they've got one for everyone. You can use offer code news to get free activation. By the way, if you're a veteran or first responder, they will give you a special discount on top of their reasonably priced plans. It is patriotmobile.com slash news. Offer code news, patriotmobile.com slash news. 
Atlantic contributor Daniel Paniton declared that the Catholic rosary has become a symbol of religious radicalism. I know this is probably pretty shocking, at least to uh, one of my panelists who happens to be Catholic. So I feel like you're, you'll be the expert here in this matter. Well, Do you rosary. have your rosary? Of course yeah. I have my rosary. As <laughs> the resident Catholic, I will say, yes. you know, oh, it's in a nice little Yes, wow. of course. Of course it, I mean, you know, there's a very powerful thing I have here as evidenced by even the article. The reason Whoa! They, what? What? I don't like to have radical symbols on my show. Are you really going to you're going to put Oh look at look at she's out. possessed by a demon. Oh you see my gosh, she, she pulled it out. He pulled the reason, it out. The reason they don't like it is because it's real and it's true. And I mean, anytime the media goes after Christianity, typically they're going after the Catholic Church or even uh, you know the way it's depicted in films. I mean, typically yes. when you see Christianity, it's within the context of the Catholic Church. Uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy is a great example of this. And the reason they don't like the Rosary is because we are taught as Catholics that when you recite the Rosary, you pray the Rosary, it literally sends like shock waves through hell. And so when we were at uh, the drag bar in Dallas. There was a gay bar um, in Dallas where they were bringing children for one of these drag shows. We were standing outside and we were praying a rosary. Now, if we were standing outside and we were saying, you know, oh, the statistics from this UCLA study say that what you're doing is going to have a 7% increase in blood, it would have been like, okay, who cares? Yeah. But we're praying and for some reason, that made the people who would, if you agree that we're in a spiritual war, be the most likely to be possessed by or influenced by demons screech like you shine sunlight on a vampire. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said about that. So that's why they're attacking. No, and let's let's say a little more about that. We are in a spiritual battle. It's not a battle of flesh and blood and the spiritual portals that are open, the demonic realm is open. It's 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 wild because it's allowed to be. And what you're talking about, John, and they're actually accurate. There's power in prayer. Whether it's the rosary and if you're not a Catholic, you're you're, you're Southern Baptist, you know, Protestant, non-denominational, the power of prayer to Christ, not Allah, Buddha, or whoever else, right, is powerful, and it is a stench in the nostrils of the demonic forces. That's a promise. And so uh, may we operate more in that place as a country, actually doing spiritual battle. So pull that rosary out, fly it high, pray like crazy. What does uh, Mark Wahlberg say now every day? Be prayed up. Does he really? Every day. I, You know, it, I mean, just the title in itself is just absurd on its face but when you get into the the what this guy what is his name daniel paniton actually said it just gets even more absurd uh, he said just as the ar-15 rifle has become a sacred object for christian nationalists in general the rosary has acquired a militaristic meaning for radical traditional or rad trad catholics uh and he said on this extremist fringe rosary beads have been woven into a conspiratorial politics and absolutist gun culture these armed radical traditionalists have taken up a spiritual notion that the rosary can be a weapon in the fight against evil and turned it into something dangerously literal that's like literally see they're just now picking up on what we've been saying for hundreds yes. and hundreds of years about like this is a literal weapon you know it's only now in the last few hundred years our perception in the west of christianity and this is nietzsche's criticism of it is this very effeminate uh sort of uh religion where it almost rationalizes cowardice to be a virtue and turn the other cheek the history of christianity is very violent and militaristic and very uh i guess convicted in its very sort of binary understanding of right and wrong which is like it's really simple. You don't have to worry. I mean, when we pray the rosary, we're saying, you know, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. If you're not a demon, you're going to be fine. <laughs> you have nothing like, to worry it's, You're going to be good. But if, you know, working for Satan, you know, the, the sword of St. Michael, it's going to be hey, thirsty. Brother, and that's lot, the problem. A lot of agents of <laughs> Satan loose at this moment. I, well, it just fascinates me that they're tying it to gun culture. 
right? Well, they have to, right? They've got it's the scare tactics, and it's like, you know, it's like better trying to convince everybody the AR-15 was designed for the Vietnam War, right? I'm like, brother, you have your you have your eras wrong here. Did you? Watch, did you see the show yesterday? No. I had the um, the the guy who laughed at oh, your, you referenced O'Rourke saying mm-hmm. that the AR-15 was designed yeah. for Vietnam. It was designed to go through the helmets of the soldiers and all of that. Um, and the guy laughed. And of course, O'Rourke called him an MFer. Um, and I had mm-hmm. that guy on yesterday to to talk about oh, it. Oh, really? Because, yeah, he I'll was go like, watch retroactive. Yeah, he's yeah. a veteran. He's a gun store owner, yes. and he, of course, was laughing at the absurdity of what O'Rourke was saying, not, of course, laughing at anything that happened in Uvalde, which is, of course, you can tell because that wasn't what he was saying when the gentleman laughed. But, of course, they want to take it and spin it and say you're The person crazy exploiting Uvalde was Beto O'Rourke. Right. right. He exploited Uvalde. Right, right. Well, he exploits everything because okay. he's a horrible so person. So let's just get it right. Yeah, horrible person. Did they mention that he's a horrible person? Who? Uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke. Oh, he's a horrible person? Is a horrible person. Okay. Like, but when I say horrible, I mean like garbage person. So not not the otherwise. Like, okay, okay hold, on. hold on. I promise you all, they're really great people. Don't stoop. Don't stay up here. Oh no stay no no no, no! He actually is a really bad. person. No, I know, I know. <laughs> it was just, I'm, not, it was, I'm not being facetious. He just really is because I've seen him in action. Yes. Um, so just just gonna say that. I'm gonna leave that right there. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Did he attack you or something? No, he's people. She's in the lawsuit. He stood. He stood by stood while his suit. staffer. Oh yeah, he stood by while his staffer assaulted me and tried to take my phone from me. University of Alabama student Grant Sykes stated that he attempted to join multiple sororities, but sadly enough, he was unanimously. Rejected. I can't imagine why. Perhaps it was the penis. He posted his quest on TikTok, uh, which accrued several million views, but the sororities dismissed the idea of a man with a penis joining their female groups. Watch. OOTD Bama Rush Day One convocation and open houses today, and this is what I'm wearing. So the skirt is from Lulu. It's the new pink edition. My shoes are Air Force, of course. My shirt is from Shein. It's the really, really cute one that's like, everything's gonna be okay. And my jewelry is from all over the place. Um, and yeah, and my hair and makeup is done by yours truly. So wish me luck. No, I won't, I won't, I won't. And in fact, I'm glad that they rejected it. Yep. Well tied. Uh, so he said, unfortunately, this chapter is closed. This recruitment journey is over for me. Being dropped from my last house this morning during primary recruitment at the University of Alabama doesn't come as a surprise, considering out of the almost 20 chapters I was dropped by every single one except two before day one, he said, I'm hopeful of a future where everyone is welcomed for just being themselves everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, not going to happen. If you want to be welcomed for yourself somewhere, you could consider joining a fraternity yeah, where you belong. Exactly. I don't know. The frat boys probably wouldn't take too kindly to that. Oh, I, would I don't think that they least. would, but I'm just saying no, that would be where you would be welcomed. He's not going to make it into the frat house. He's not going to make it into the sorority. Um Maybe you need to make it into the psych house. <laughs> yeah, he's just not going to make it, just period. He's just not going to make, gonna it. make it. It's just, it's really unsettling when things like this happen in places like Alabama. 
which I mean, you would but think. I think that was being... by design because he knew he'd get attention, he'd get a million views. He 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 knew no Bama. Wait a sorority. second. Yes, he. It's almost like. It's almost like he, I think it's almost like he do. He, it's almost like he does things for attention because he just wants the attention. See? Because he's huh. like acting like a woman. See? And women like attention. <laughs> oh, no. Whoa, no. You have to throw that in there at the end. All We're right, doing fine. So I well. I'm, mu- I'm much more homophobic than I am sexist. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. All right, we have to go now. Goodbye. See you tomorrow. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.